Yo, what up, Street Dogs? Eric Kim. All right, uh, Turbo Thought. So, this one is on uh, improving your leverages. So, why is the notion of improving your leverages important and uh, how to pragmatically integrate this? So, the first thought I have is. This notion of Archimedes lever. So, the mathematician slash philosopher back in ancient Greece was uh, his name was Archimedes, and he said, you know, give me a place to stand, and I should I shall move the world. And the basic idea is, like you know, maybe how were the pyramids of Giza built? So a human by themselves to just pick up a heavy ass stone is quite limiting. However, if you act, put a lever and a fulcrum, you could actually, and then you you move the fulcrum you could like a thousand quadrillion X your um, power output, depending on how long your lever is, where you place your lever, etc. Um, and so then the, the goal then becomes, if you want to move the world, right? Figure out what your Archimedes lever is, which is your greatest strength, and then uh, seek to maximize and exploit it. So for example, uh, for me, it seems that my greatest strength, or my mo maybe my most OG strength is uh, blogging, right? And then, you know, photography, street photography, teaching, vlogging, etc., um, marketing. And then also, of course, uh, blending your, your strengths together in a unique way. You always create your own unique honey. And this is also the funny thing too, is everyone's always trying to be so uh, unique you are unique and different without even trying to be unique and different because that's just the way it is. Like your genetic DNA is absolutely unique on planet earth. And then considering that the way you're raised or your environment is, you know, truly unique to any other individual on planet earth, then anything you do is unique. So just know that you're already unique. Any activity you do is unique, right? So, um, I think the biggest problem is we all have our, our greatest strength, but we look at others or society or what's popular or trending or whatever, and then we think to ourselves, oh, perhaps I should be doing what other people are doing rather than thinking things carte blanche and thinking for yourself. So for example, I've been thinking a lot too, right? So um, I always saw at the gym, they have the trap bar deadlift, the trap bar. It's like the hexagonal shape. You stand in the middle of it and you can deadlift. And I always thought, I'm like, that thing was kind of weird. I'm not like, I wasn't, I was just kind of more suspicious of it because I just didn't know what it was. And then, you know, I watched some YouTube videos and I was thinking about it and I Googled some articles. And in theory, right? Because I, when I first started, you know, powerlifting or deadlifting, or whatever, I did a conventional deadlift, right? Where your feet are both to, together. And then um, I hit a certain uh, ceiling where I couldn't really deadlift anymore. And then I discovered sumo deadlifts because I saw more people doing sumo. And then actually my deadlifts went up to uh, max was 475. And, you know, and then now I'm just like also kind of rethinking things. And uh, I think I was watching YouTube. This guy named like uh, I think Big Boy. Like, I mean, the dude's probably on something, but it was very impressive. He did a trap bar deadlift like a thousand pounds. And the thing that actually impressed me most was he didn't use a belt, right? Like, I don't trust, and I'm very suspicious of any 
weightlifter who uses like belts, straps, knee wraps, whatever, because to me, it signals some sort of like insecurity, right? Like they're afraid that they might, you know, hurt themselves. That's why they use a, a belt or, you know, uh, the desire is to lift more, which is which is fine. But then it's it's just like um, weakening a chain, chain link. But anyways, so it seems like also another good way to maximize your leverages is to think uh, things carte blanche, uh, blank slate, white sheet of paper, black slate, whatever you want to think is because whenever you think by analogy, that is you look at other people and you go, oh, that's what's you know, other people have done that before and that's what's successful. And therefore, if I just, you know, imitate that and just iterate it a little bit, it will make things better. So kind of like Virgil Abloh's 3% rule, just take a existing, pre-existing concept, change to 3% and it's unique. And, you know, that's, that's a good approach. It's kind of more the Kaizen Toyota approach. But one thing I'm starting to discover and think about Toyota, at least, right? Toyota makes incredibly, I mean, for the most part, pretty dependable cars, but Man, at the end of the day, like, nobody cares about Toyota, right? <laughs> like, like you, you think about Toyota, the Toyota way, it's the, the Japanese Toyo, uh, Toyota method and approach. What we prefer is we love the radical innovation uh, American way. So we love the Elon Musk. We love the Tesla. It's like a thousand quadrillion times more interesting. Like, no one's going to be like, <laughs> I saw this on Blipper Sticker and He's like, no one's like, hey, cool Prius, bro. Or no one's like, I love your Corolla. And even certain cars, which are pretty cool, like the Supra, right? Like the, the new Supra. I mean, it's pretty cool, but then it's kind of like, looks a little weird. I mean, at least it's good that they made it, made it into a new tr manual transmission. And even the new... Um, Toyota GR Corolla, the, the all-wheel drive one that's coming out. I think the, the back end looks so boring. And then, and I look at old Toyotas, like, none of them, like, all the designs are so ugly and none of them have really held up over time. Um, and uh, anyways, why did I bring up the Toyota? Oh, yeah. So anyways, um, the reason why Elon Musk and Tesla and stuff is so great is that rather than thinking by analogy, oh, let me take pre-existing products that I've already done past and it's it's actually much more like expensive and difficult to think this way is to always think carte blanche right so ideally right like assuming there weren't all these stupid you know physical constraints right every time you design a new model of a car rather than thinking okay this is the so for example this is the current generation car you know Corolla we have how can we take the pre-existing chassis and make it a little bit better right Ideally, you would always think carte blanche or blank slate. And then rather than thinking, oh, how do we take this pre-existing thing and make it a little better? How do we totally just wipe the slate clean and just create it totally new and afresh? And this way, thinking is very difficult and expensive because thinking by analogy is much easier. To think carte blanche, it's much more uh, difficult. And just because it's more difficult doesn't mean it's better. But in thinking things carte blanche, the biggest benefit is that it re-challenges you the way you think that things should be done. <clears throat> and you could think of ways to create um, new thousand X improvements or new leverages. So for example, Elon Musk, right? So, I mean, it's crazy, right? It's the year 2022. Why are we still building and purchasing and driving petroleum vehicles? Like to me, that's absolutely insane. That's so like, 
can you imagine if your iPhone had to run on petroleum, <laughs> like a gas lamp, right? Um, it's like, it's funny because like, you know, all these hipsters, right? They try to do all these old hipster, old school things. Like, can you imagine lighting your house without electricity, only gas lamp, or without using running electricity and Wi-Fi? You only used like a hand crank. But anyways, <laughs> so um, an electric car, it's it's the the thing that makes the most sense. And you know, granted, you know, it still takes like if you're charging at home, unless you have one of those install tesla things or fast chargers charging often takes forever and stuff but at least to me it's it's definitely a step in the right way so rather than thinking about analogy like also in fashion right the biggest issue in fashion is uh, people always think by analogy right so people always look at other people's fashion and be like okay, so that cool guy is wearing that cool outfit and therefore I'll just copy his outfit or her outfit and uh, make it cooler. But actually, like one thing I've been thinking about a lot, right, is like, just think about clothes in general. It's like, why do you even need clothes? What are clothes for? And the, the closest thing I got is kind of like the Spartan 300 approach, right? Where ideally you don't wear any clothes. Um, like... <laughs> this is my new rule right it's like <laughs> it's like what is considered cool cool proper versus what is uh legal and what's illegal so if you're in public uh, at least as as a man right the only rule is you're not allowed to be naked <laughs> right like in theory you can even walk around in public in just a swimsuit no shirt no shoes you should be okay right and then in theory, you could walk around in your boxers too. It should it should be fine. Um, but then you know, certainly you enter an establishment. And this is kind of a fun trick that I had. Uh, I was I was uh, house sitting for a friend in North Park in San Diego for a bit. There's a local city Target, and I would always go in without my shirt on, and then I would just like chill until someone asked me, like security guy asked me to put on my shirt. So it seems that to test that limit and that boundary until somebody tells you the proper decorum, it seems like a, a good strategy. Um, and so in some ways, uh, so in Korean, it's funny, there's this notion of uh, nunchi, right? So the notion of nunchi is, nun is like eyes, chi is, I guess, like sense or feeling. So nunchi in Korean is like looking at other people and figuring out what kind of behavior is proper and improper, right? So actually growing up, all of my friends and you know, people always say, oh, Sangjin, nunchi opso, or, uh, you know, Eric has no nunchi, right? And so the basic idea is that like Eric kind of doesn't follow social norms. And in Korean society, this is a huge, huge no-no, right? Because because you know, um, there's an old Chinese proverb, and you know, most Asiatic places derived from uh, China, uh, Chinese mode of thought is the nail that sticks out the most needs to be hammered in the hardest. And the reason why this is significant is in uh, Asian Confucian literati culture, right? The goal isn't to be unique. The goal is actually to be the perfectly subservient uh, civil servant. Now, in America, things become interesting because, you know, you have the initial settlers, you know, it's like, you know, give a middle finger to the, the British. Um, and then, then I think actually what happens in America is a combination of like pop culture, Hollywood, films, uh, land of freedom individuality then this notion of personal individuality comes out where 
it is actually more prized to be an individual than to uh, to to fit in. And actually, <laughs> ironically, right, I read this one. It's like people was like, "Oh, be so different, you know, be unique, be yourself." No, but not like that. <laughs> so, um, like even even certain things I find so funny in America, right? Like it is considered improper to be loud, like vocally, like only low class people like are loud and uh, rowdy and ratchet. And um, even a thing that's been very fun going to the gym. Like, I've actually found that doing, like, a war cry or a power grunt before trying a, a one rep, like, right? And then trying it, it actually does increase your test and your uh, your your strength. Um, but you're not allowed to be loud at the gym. You're supposed to be quiet, right? Um, but then, ironically, you're allowed to buy this loud sports car and drive around. And this is funny, too, because, like, people often look at you with chagrin when you're walking around public spaces with your top off, like, without your shirt on but you're allowed to drive with a, a convertible car so it, it becomes this weird thing where still an american society um we are still pretty uh, puritan like quaker vibes where we still do follow this prim and proper british notions of uh you know victorian old victorian notions of what's proper um and we are only allowed to be individualistic insofar much as it implies some sort of consumerism. So, for example, you are allowed to buy a certain new outfit to look certain fashionable, but you're not allowed to act in a totally aberrant way, which confuses people. Uh, people don't like that. But anyways, um, so other ways thinking about maximizing your uh, leverages. So, um, I mean, okay, a simple, the, 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 the turbo thought I had was initially from the gym. So I've always been interested in fitness ever since uh, I was like a fat kid and I wanted to become the strongest out of all my friends, which I did achieve. Um, <clears throat> so, so for example, even when you're doing uh, a squat, right? Like the, the rule, especially if you go to powerlifting competitions, whatever, I've never been to a competition, I have zero interest. So, you know, you have to go parallel or below parallel or all the way to the floor. And I found that actually was squatting, right? Like, just, just squat however low you want, right? Like, it could just be like a mini squat, whatever. Even holding the bar uh, takes quite um, courage. Um, so that can improve your leverages in your squats. Uh, with a deadlift, yeah, I would encourage doing a sumo deadlift instead of a conventional if you have a straight bar. If there's a trap bar, give the trap bar a go. I'm very interested in that. That's going to be a new thing I experiment. Also, something I've also discovered is... Bench press is probably the worst type of lift to do at the gym, especially on the, the bench. Instead of bench press, use a dumbbell press, because I've found, right? If you're pushing like this, actually a neutral grip where your hands are down by your sides is more natural than this. Um, even when doing chin-ups, don't do it underhand or like this. Do a neutral grip like this, and it gives you actually better leverages. And what is the upside of better leverage? Is yeah, better leverage. You could actually lift more weight, or do more repetitions, or whatever uh, have you. So you could actually maximize your power output because there is more efficiency in the movement. There's less force being wasted on superfluous things. So I think that's the goal. Then is it's kind of like energy loss minimization. And just think about it from a physics perspective, right? Um, also, the benefit of doing email newsletters, I use Sendy, sendy.co instead of a MailChimp because it's 
it's like a thousand x cheaper um i think uh when i had a uh, with my email newsletter with like ten thousand subscribers i think with a uh, mailchimp i was paying like two three hundred bucks a month which is a lot now with sendy i set it up through amazon email services uh it was kind of a pain in the butt to set up but now it's worth it now every time i send out an email it's only like a few bucks a few dollars um which is nice uh and so as a you know internet personality or media creator um email newsletter is like a quadrillion times better than social media like i'll give you an example so on facebook on my facebook fan page <laughs> it sounds so dated right uh, i have like a hundred thousand followers likes whatever and every time i post something maybe 10 people or 100 people or a thousand people might see it organically and the only way to increase your um reach is to quote cool, cool, boost your post which is essentially um you need to you know give facebook money right and then hopefully you know right instagram is owned by facebook right uh same thing there um whereas an email newsletter i send an email newsletter it's actually sent to everybody and usually my open rates maybe like 30 percent like a third of people open email which is really good right so like let's say i have um about like ten thousand uh, subscribers on my email newsletter right i send out an email or a newsletter whatever instead of like a hundred people seeing it on facebook ten thousand people will at least see it and then open it might be like 3,000, which is, which is a lot of people, right? And then comparing this to um, even YouTube, it's funny because um, the, the reason I still like to use YouTube is that it's an open, I mean, closest thing we have to an open and free platform for sharing uh, videos. And, you know, a lot of my friends still like to watch YouTube. Shout out to uh, Anthony Larson and, uh, and the homies. Um, <clears throat> and... But, you know, even if you, um, I think on uh, YouTube, what, I, I don't really check, maybe have like, what, 50,000 subscribers on YouTube. Um, organically, like 10 people or 15 people or 20 people or 100 people might see it. Um, and, you know, also YouTube's always, YouTube, which is essentially Google, right? They're always changing the algorithm. So, um, Not everyone's gonna see your post, uh, and I just I just do it mostly for 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 funsies. Um, probably more robust is maybe using a podcast, right? Like uh, I use Anchor, which Anchor, just Google Anchor. It's it's owned by uh, Spotify. Super easy to make a podcast, um, and also a thought on maximizing your leverages is that. You yourself are not scalable and like this is one thing I've discovered after maybe like a decade plus of like self-employment entrepreneurship. It is better to just do things by yourself on your own because there will never be some sort of limiting factor. So whenever you work with other people, you know, I love other people and working with other people stuff, right? But always the issue is that Other people will not work at your tempo, your pace, or do as you would like to do because they are not you. Whereas if you do things that are totally 100% by yourself, then you know that 
it all depends on you. And to me, this is a much more empowering thought is I'd rather like, so even for example, a uh, thought like I really wanted to learn how to program, right? Computer program, whatever. I tried to get into like a quadrillion times and every time I'm like, eh, I, you know, I'm not into it, right? So maybe uh, for me to improve my leverages, I should just blog more, vlog more, send more emails, um, do more of what I'm already really good at, teach more workshops, uh, marketing, selling products and stuff like that. And, you know, just, just being me, right? Uh, also, one thing that I'm a huge, huge fan of is the new GoPro. I just keep it literally in my front right pocket, right? Also, front right pocket, Rico GR3X. Uh, currently the best camera in existence. Um, and also to improve your leverages. Also, like, a big thing is embracing smaller file sizes so even with video i found that 720p is kind of the ideal size where it's not too big not too small whatever uh even 1080p seems unnecessary 4k is 4k is cool but then if you live somewhere um that the upload speeds are slow then it's not good but actually even when the when i, I used to live in my old place that had like fiber optic internet one of the big downsides of 4k you upload to youtube or whatever is even though you could upload it super fast to have the video to process or process <clears throat> takes quite a long time as well so anything that is lighter smaller file size is actually superior i'll give you another example so even when i send out email newsletter i use markdown which is the plain text syntax on uh, IA Writer, and I use the voice dictation, which is a much better leverage. And this is also another thing people don't understand is that your voice is a superior leverage than typing, right? So I could type 140 words per minute, but in theory, I could speak much faster than I could type, even though I could type very fast. And also the nice thing about speaking is there is so much hidden nuance and richness and texture in speaking than uh, the written text because you think about it. If you type something, you write something by hand, <clears throat> let's assume everyone's using English. You cannot hear somebody's unique voice, like sonary, via the text. Whereas if you listen to a podcast or look at a video or whatever, you could actually get a better sense of somebody's personality also the pauses in between the ums and whatever it actually does add personality and texture to um, people's voices so actually i think that more people should uh, blog or vlog uh, or do podcasts i mean you could just use your iphone you could use a gopro simplest thing possible like even this thing i'm using ipad pro with the ultra wide uh, video for vlogging because i find it uh, easier and simpler so think to yourself how can I maximize your leverages? Figure out where your, um, what are the chinks in the chain? So for example, even with blogging, and I use WordPress, wordpress.org to, to blog. Um, I've actually found that the whole featured images thing is quite slow and limiting because like, let's say I, I write something, I put a title and I put in um, uh, a text, right? And then what happens is I try to find the perfect image or the perfect you know, uh, accessory image to, to best accentuate my 
my image, right? And that actually slows me down because um, it actually slows me down because rather than publishing the thought and just kind of getting it out there, uh, I'm like trying to create a new image or select an image which best accentuates the thought. So actually even a path towards greater productivity is to not use featured images when you're blogging is uh, under turbo thought. But anyways, uh, this notion of leverage is interesting on my mind. I'll just keep uh, turbo thoughting it. Um, so I, I encourage you to just meditate on the notion of uh, leverages. Google Archimedes lever. Just go on Google search Archimedes lever, Eric Kim. I have a pretty good article on it. Um, and think about how you can move the world.